Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina. And you're listening to the series finale. Susan's Comet Part 3 and 4 and the series finale of this podcast. Oh my gosh. I, I am so it. sad. I'm so sad. Wow, we've been on this journey. I know we've been we keep saying that because like we we can feel the end, right? Like you it is feel the end. the end. Yeah, I know. Like and for like, the last three episodes, we've been like, oh my God, this is coming, this is coming. And then you watch the show, you watch the finale, and then you're like, well, we don't get to talk about this anymore. I know. And <laughs> for me personally, so many things are happening in my life. Like I moved to a new state and all this stuff is happening. And then the end of the podcast too, I'm like, oh, too many emotional feels. So much is happening. <laughs> it's truly an end of an era. And Thank you all for listening to yes. us. And I just I, I love hearing from, you know, sometimes you're like, oh wow, like people are listening to us and like feel like, oh, we're all in kind of in this rewatch together. And that's yeah. the best part of, you know, like being in a fan community is like building building those relationships and talking to people. Um, and speaking of one of my family friends who's also a listener, Krishna, reached out and was said that in the last episode, which was a great point that we didn't actually mention that Avatar Aang's conversation with um, the lion turtle actually comes from the Bhagavad Gita, which I was like, oh, of course. I I messaged him back being like, oh, of course. How did I – I knew that. Like I knew it from previous watches. And I'm surprised I didn't mention it. So we can talk about that later in the episode. But yeah, thanks for calling that out because – it's such an important part of Aang's journey, right? Like mm-hmm. the Bhagavad Gita has this, um, has Krishna and Arjuna, two people, like one has ancient wisdom, one is like trying to access that ancient wisdom and they have to make a really big decision about whether they should go into battle and fight and kill during this battle. And like mm-hmm. they don't feel that, you know, comfortable doing it. Uh, Arjuna doesn't feel that comfortable doing it. So it's so, it ties perfectly to, how um you know how ang was feeling in that so i thought that was a great thing to call out a lot of people feel that this is a motif right a symbol like this decision of that inner turmoil that we all face when making a hard decision like what's mm-hmm. the best way to make a decision i love that it's a callback to that and ang trying to f- decide how he should end the battle is how we ended our previous episode and we opened the episode with Zuko, right? Mm-hmm. Being like being nervous oh, about yeah. is he gonna make the right decision? Totally. So makes that sense. was a really great call. Thanks for reaching out and commenting about that. Yeah. And then we also have another listener, Stephen S. Thanks for writing into the podcast. Um he has some takes on Katang and Zutara, which I actually agree with a lot of his points. So he wanted to ask us, and I guess we'll answer now, do you think there is something off or unsatisfactory about Aang and Katara ending up together, either because the relationship was too parental or we never really see Aang help Katara through her own problems? Um, I don't know if it was unsatisfactory, but I do – Stephen S. pointed out something I never really realized. Aang doesn't really help Katara through her problems, but Katara always hangs helps Aang through his problems. Well, doesn't doesn't he though when like she she had a lot of anger issues and she was like not patient especially when they were first training and then also I feel like she does yeah. grow a lot during the show. Um and let's be real like Aang has bigger problems just yes. because he has to save the world but the 
you know what this reminded me of? It reminded me of the episode where we go to the Southern Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. And Ang, not Ang, and Katara faces the man who killed her mother, who was mm-hmm. there for her. Zuko. It wasn't Ang, it was Zuko. Yep. And maybe that's why that's the start of the whole Zutara episode. But I think a lot of this episode, because they're together fighting Azula. Yeah brought on a lot of Zutara moments, which we can get into later. Aang has to be alone in this battle. I felt the ending of – I mean, like, with so many amazing battle scenes, right? Like, once the happy ending happens Mm -hmm. and, you know, they defeat Ozai, like, there's – the tonal switch is so, like – but um, you know, like okay, yeah. they defeated it. It ends so, and then when you see them all like happily, you know, in the tea shop, and Sokka's illustrating them, and Katara and Aang have that romantic moment on the balcony, mm-hmm. and they end with that. It's not that satisfying because they never actually got to finish their conversation. Yeah, it's more like so that I, I feel like it's not satisfying. I feel like they're fated yeah. together. I feel like they're meant to be yeah. together, and I think it's the age that they are in two years different a 12 year old and a 14 year old big difference i think personally and you're right they didn't have any type of conversation they just have one scene where katara looks googly eyes at the avatar after he wins the war and a good point that steven s pointed out that they didn't really showcase like their relationship a lot through the series Mm -hmm. and you have to think like well if they showcased their relationship more would that have undermined the seriousness of the war and the struggles the characters are going through, that's what Steven S. said. And I kind of agree with him because with this two. isn't a this isn't a love story, right? Part of me is like, I wish they just threw that off the table, Katara and Aang together. I wish they didn't really talked about it. <laughs> okay, so again, it's a plot device, right? They needed yeah. him to let go of desire, right? And they, he, she and was a desire. You're right. Yeah. So they needed to have some sort of romantic thing in there because that was the biggest attachment and mm-hmm. has and then finally at the end when he's willing to sacrifice himself you know fully for his people is when he gets reconnected back to the avatar state and like it's a plot mm-hmm. device right but yeah again i think they are meant to be together i think there is something there but like first of all women i mean girls mature faster than men so it's like a four-year age difference with that yeah i'm sure they're gonna be perfect together but like it just doesn't feel romantic and i don't know if i really want it to feel romantic as they are children so like Mm -hmm. i don't know i i'm glad they didn't focus too much on the love story because this is not about that yeah it's about love in general it's about all types of love and peace and and good fighting evil he makes another point that i think i've mentioned before in previous episodes about zutara right like people love zutara but it's kind of weird that people are into it because Zuko was so mean to Katara and Katara hated him and it was just too much animosity and like he, they're literally fighting like in battles together and it just like doesn't allow yeah, for any sexual a- tension you know what I mean that's just like showcasing something bad to future like kids especially this is geared towards kids like I don't like it's irresponsible and they didn't do that which is important that Zuko and Katara together like there's too much animosity too much um too much meanness towards each other and if they made that happen that would showcase that's okay to have in a relationship when it's not and Katara and Aang together that's what should be in a relationship yeah people who are kind to each other growing from a friendship to a relationship that's very healthy um so I agree I agree with Steven S's point there's too much um animosity between Katara and and Zuko for that to be a real thing. So. But there's, it's such a common romance trope, right? Like, so we've seen like Pride and Prejudice. We've seen like literally every like hate 
hate people who hate each other turning into lovers. That is a, such a common romantic trope. So it, it makes sense. And they honestly yeah. do have a lot of great on-screen chemistry and moments. They're around the same age group. And it's not like the actors have chemistry. Like the writers and the animators did that on purpose. Yeah, because <laughs> Aang looks like a young boy. Yeah. And like Zuko is 15 or 16 and he's like a brooding ma- young man. Yeah. Which like is more of a typical romantic lead while – Aang is still presented as a kid. He's 12. Yeah. Like, it's I'm very still, hard to re- I'm re- still re- Katara Haru at the end of the day. They would have been a cute couple. I think they would have been a great couple. <laughs> but I do like the idea of a long, faded love story. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're meant to be together. I think it was not. it's not that satisfying. Yeah. And I get why they did it. But it is not, like, the highlight of the story for me at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. Well, thanks for bringing in your comments and your thoughts. Yeah, I know we it's the end of it. we appreciate it. It's the end of the show, but we really appreciate all the fans and thanks for listening throughout our journey. I know. So, should we jump into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. It's the finale and the three-season journey, you know, culminates into this like epic battle. There are three different battles that are major, right? And it's all done under this reddish glare of Sozin's comet. First, Iroh completes his destiny and provides the encouragement for the others to conquer evil. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing these old men fight together. Like, I know. wow. The old how, crew. Oh, my God. The old crew. <laughs> they look amazing. Their uniforms, so cool. The way I that know. they work together and used the power of Sozum's Comet. And, like, you have waterbending, earthbending. Like, they're all together. They are basically an avatar. It's so moving yeah. to see and them. It, it's it's so moving to see Iroh actually take down that Fire Nation flag. Yes, I was just like, it was so satisfying. The flag at the end, so great. Yeah, and then we have Suki, Sokka, and Toph. You know, they have a memorable fight up top on the airships. You know, mm-hmm. trying to stop them from killing basically the entire like Earth Kingdom. And luckily, they were able to maneuver through those planes and and knock them down. And it was a really great fight and a great, um, it, was, it was really important to showcase the teamwork of all of them together, right? Like Suki was by herself at one point, they got separated, Sokka and Toph really needed someone to help them because they're about to fall off the airships and Suki comes in at the nick of time. So it's really great to see them win that battle as well. And then finally, we get to see the Agni Kai between Azula mm-hmm. and Zuko with Katara coming in for the assist. Yes. But it's crazy to see Azula so unhinged. And of course, like she cuts her own bangs, which is the number one sign <laughs> that someone's like really not doing oh, well. Do you want to know a fun fact about her hair, actually? Yes. Um, so her hair, like it's like disheveled and long and, you know, all over the place. It was... It was meant to um, look like this classic villainess in Japanese legends, a kabuki theater named Oya. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if I mispronounced that, but it's O-I-W-A. And she was a married woman whose husband killed her so he could be with a younger woman. But her spirit lives on as and she's totally enraged and she kind of has this disheveled hair. So they made her look like this enraged spirit from Japanese theater. She was not doing well. And I was actually thinking about this, right? Like, I'm sure the intensity of the comet, it, like, increases your power so much Mm -hmm. if you're a firebender, right? But, like, maybe it made her crazier. Like, it, I mean, obviously, she was coming towards snapping. Like, she's lost all her friends. She's lost trust. The moment where she's talking to her mom in the mirror, like, she's not doing well. But I wonder if the comet accelerated her demise. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because, I mean, maybe the comment helped with this because in a previous episode, we know that Iroh has said that to actually lightning bend, you need to be in full control of your emotions. Mm -hmm. And clearly Azula is not, Not. but she's still able to fire bend and lightning bend. And maybe Mm -hmm. she can only lightning bend in that state because of the comet. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it could be like, I was just curious. I was like, oh, she's not doing well. And I love Mm -hmm. that Zuko knows his sister so well being like she feels off. There's a funny meme where I've seen that (laughs) Zuko is just like, Zuko's so intuitive. I don't know. There's something off about my sister. And she literally, they show a scene of her and she's like psychotic. And you're like, oh, no, no crap. She is. She is not okay. Yeah, she's not doing well. And that's also a really good battle scene. Like, wow, the battle scenes. Amazing. And then we finally have the biggest battle of all, Aang versus the Fire Lord. And during this battle, Aang has to decide what he wants to do, how he wants to handle Ozai in the moment. And he uses the lessons he learned from the lion turtle in the previous episode to actually defeat the Fire Lord and take his bending away without killing him. And that just showcases that like Aang is able to keep his integrity and keep his morals while still defeating the Fire Lord at the end, which is I great. I disagree with it, though. Yeah. I- I mean, okay, good for them, but I really wish we could talk about it after the summary. (laughs) The episode ends with all being right in the world, balance being restored. We get to see a glimpse of this more peaceful society. Mm -hmm. uh, Fire Lord Zuko coming up as a coronation and celebrating the Avatar, the four nations. Well, you know, yeah, the uh, nations that are still there, there. (laughs) the nations that are still represented, all. Um, coming together to celebrate this new world order. We see that Iroh um, is working at a tea shop. Yeah, and, like, living his dream. Are, yeah, living their dream. There's a sense of like peace and calm. And it's all, and I like, there's also a moment between Iroh and, I'm sorry, Zuko and Aang, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of reminiscing and just like, wow, we went through so much and we're friends now. And it's interesting because, you know, in the beginning of the show, um, the Avatar and the and Zuko, the future Fire Lord, they are enemies, and then they end the show becoming really good friends. And the previous Avatar, Roku, was best friends with the Fire Lord, but he and the end of their relationship is that they're enemies, right? So it's oh, the that's such, oh my gosh, so yes, that's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Um, I I mean, honestly, how can you hate this finale? Like you can't, it ha- it's you epic. cannot. It's it's epic. The the fight scenes and the way they all transition into each other are just so powerful. I know. One this thing actually. That- oh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This um, it actually won best directing in an animated uh, television production, an Annie Award. So this episode won an Annie Award for best directing of an animated television production, and the director of it, Joaquin Dos Santos, won this award, which is really really cool. Um, and did you know that also there was this it was only going to be a three parter. So since Comet part one, two, three, but they made it four parts because they just had so much battle they wanted to showcase in, ta- in the episodes. They just I mean, broke it up into two. <laughs> the fighting in this, every single one. Seeing was amazing. Ozai coming into his immense power with the glow of Sozin's Comet is mm-hmm. so intimidating. But then looking at the way that Aang and Ozai fought, like the choreography, but I think it was awesome. Yeah, and then Suki, Sokka, and uh, Toph. First of all, Toph is such an MVP, and like when she barges into that airship, <laughs> metal bends into this like 
creature this metal metal monster right it was awesome it was so cool like she's such an mvp and i'm i love loved seeing those battles and like toff crying the moment she thinks that she's gonna slide that was like so i remember first watching that and being like oh my god are they gonna kill off toff and then i know the fact that we lost the space sword and the boomerang i was like the fact that he was able to use them like sokka was able to step up and fight even though he's not a bender and and i think that was a great moment yeah, and I just love that, like, there was, like, little bursts of funniness because they're like, oh, how are we going to take over the ship? And they're like, yeah. oh, all the workers down at the bottom. And then you kind of see, like, how these the corporate people, humor. The corporate humor. Oh, it's my birthday. But it also showcases that these are real people, too. So it helps like, you remember, like, yeah, in people war. in the Fire Nation are real people. Like, should we kill the Fire Lord? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, like, some kind of, like, corporate stuff going on because, like, Azula, when she has her meltdown, mm-hmm. won over the cherry pit, and then she starts to become unhinged and starts trust – like, she loses trust for everything and her grip on reality. She mm-hmm. fires her entire servant quarter. She fires, like – she fires the entire Dai The Dai Li. Like, like oh my gosh. She has a reason, though, to feel this way in the sense that she's like, I don't trust anyone. It makes because sense, Because all the though. people that have, like, helped her along the way have backstabbed, too. They're, they don't have spines either. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that she doesn't trust them. But why should they trust them? You don't have a spine. You're not a good person either. So why, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like pretty she, she's in. It's like she's understanding her own problems, but mm-hmm. then she can't see that other people might not react the same way she does. And I think the scene with her talking to her mom in the mirror is like, it's so like, it's so creepy, right? Like, yeah. It's that- the epitome of psycho- like psycho- psychosis. She's actually talking to someone that's not there. She's fragmenting. But again, she's talking, she's saying the truth. Like, she's like, fear is the only, like, look what she's learned from her parents. Like, yeah, I fear mean, is dad. the only reliable way. Trust is for fools. And I like but the then- part where she says, like, you think I'm a monster? Because like, she said that like in passing in previous episodes. Like, oh, my mother thought I was crazy. She was right, of course, you know, and she's just yeah. seeing it now, saying it now but by herself. Ex- knowing it's true is she accepting her she's trying to accept being a monster but then she can't control it i don't know it was just it's kind it was very kind of scary but then Mm -hmm. like look at look at our gang right like all of them have trust and care and integrity and the way they're approaching battle is so different so i like i like the section where azula is calling out the weaknesses of the other side because they're ruling by fear Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, how can you have anything stable if you can't trust anyone yeah. that you are around? It's just, it's just true. Like, something's, something's off. You know what I mean? And I loved that in that battle between Azula and Zuko. Zuko was so calm. He knew exactly what to do. He was just very, like, he was very grounded the entire mm-hmm. time while Azula was all over the place. And it's also um, romantic when he's like. Like let's let's do the two of us. I don't want another person to be to get hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah, I really and love I that. I mean, town. thank thank God Katara was there because she was able to step in. Because like again, you can't go at this alone. Yes, while you need a support only, group. You need a support group. The only person who's going at this alone are you know uh, Azula and Ozai. Mm-hmm. Because even Ang is. I mean, obviously he's not alone. He has all these people fighting, and mm-hmm. even when he's facing Ozai. He has the entire avatar. Yes, like, past once behind he gets him. into the avatar state, yeah. That's so he's true. not alone. He's the only like 
Azula's showing like the weaknesses of going into battle thinking that and she lets go of her whole team like it yeah, really highlights how alone she is she also shows like fear is the only way and like because of that fear like people are push she's pushing other people away because now she's fearful of them she's never really yeah. had that before so she really is truly alone and I think you know we know the demise of Azula started when May and Ty Lee like of turned their backs on her because that's what she talks about like they'll turn like the, with the Dai Li you'll turn your back on me just mm-hmm. like Ty and Ty Lee and May, right? So mm-hmm. she lets them go. But I just I just love that the way that they showcased her entire demise for they, it was a great lead up to her going absolutely. Oh my god, I loved that writing. Insane. Loved it. It was loved amazing. It. Um I can I just call out with this um battle between Zuko and Azula, the move that made Azula fall to the ground at first was an old school move that Zuko loved, his B-boy firebending move. <laughs> we haven't seen that since season one, and that's what takes Azula down. <laughs> and, of course, I love that it has to end with an Agni Kai for him. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because that kind of launched his journey, and he needed to step back in. Mm-hmm. And, and it made yeah, him like- become the, the Fire Lord. And mm-hmm. I loved the music. It was just, you know, so much is happening, but the music is so calm. And the design of, like, the entire scene was so, like, elegant and calm, yet all this destruction is happening around them. And apparently the music and the sound design for this fight, this Agni Kai, was inspired by Blade Runner and Ghost in the oh, Shell, so cool. which makes so much it sense. Makes a and lot of sense. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I realized the reason why I hate Azula so much in this episode while I watched it again during the rewatch. I hate her because there are villains, right? Thing is, she's a villain with absolutely no integrity. Like she has no she's integrity. Not even following the rules of the Agnikai. Yeah, like she's adding. She just decides to blast at Katara, and then obviously you're not supposed to do that. You're, that's not part of the rules. It's just like you. She's not a decent person as, at all. And you know she would do that even if she wasn't going psychotic, right? She would just hit Katara because yeah, the rules fair. don't like, apply to her. You you're know? fighting in a gentlemanly style. Two yeah. people against each other like, within the space. There's rules. Like, it's a boxing match. You can't just go punch a rando. Yeah. It, that's not how it works. And, like, the fact that, like, when it comes to the point where, you know, she hits Zuko instead of Katara and it's Katara versus Azula, like, Azula calls her, oh, you filthy peasant. I'm like, oh, Ugh, what a, like, it's disgusting. just like, what is your point? Like, she has no integrity and that's why I hate her as a character like she's a great villain but like like there's some villains where you're like oh i get their moral integrity i get what their value system and why they are the way they are and why the other team opposes them like this there's no integrity at all that's why i hate yeah um and it was really sad just to see our little our boy zuko take a take one for the team and it just showcases how far he's come you know he really has it's it, I don't know. I just loved that fight. And I love the transitions that they use. Like, again, mm-hmm. playing with that red and blue that we saw with the dragons. And then mm-hmm. also, like, the lightning and firebending. But then it's also, like, Aang in his bubble with all – once he gets into the Avatar state, it's this, like, emanating blue light. Yes. But showing each one of the, um, you know co- – like, he has fire, water, air, you know, earth in surrounding him. him as And then, like – in that red light, like it just makes it so it really highlights the enormity of this ba- battle. Like yeah. this is like nothing so, we've ever so seen epic. before. Yeah. And I love the fact that Katara was so easily able to defeat oh my Azula. God. She that just was like so she's smart. When so she saw smart. that water. Mm-hmm. And then just froze her. And watching Azula go crazy with her mouth open with fire and her sobbing and being uncontrollable, it was so satisfying to watch her 
go absolutely psychotic. And but like also, just seeing Zuko and Katara just look at her like, ooh, girlfriend, don't you stop. Love, don't you love that Katara didn't kill, kill Azula even though she easily could have? So like even though she did not go through the mental strain that Aang did around what is the right thing to do to mm-hmm. kill or not kill, like they both kind of chose this version of nonviolence. Yeah, that is true. But I think also like the tools that Katara had at hand were it was easier to actually just chain her up than it was to kill her, right? And I think that they, they didn't showcase that she have a choice. The girl can bloodbend. That is true. But I think in the moment too, like you have to really concentrate and it has to be like a full moon. Yeah. You know, like she doesn't have the the capacity. I mean, you know what I think is interesting? Like we, you know, we talked about this already, but like why didn't Aang take away Azula's firebending opportunity like firebending why didn't he ever do that he should have done that because yeah if you read some of the comic books like could like Azula's still alive and she's still going crazy so yeah like I'm like she should be I don't know I think they should have just removed her bending too like any person who was involved in the like upper crust of the fire nation other than Iroh and Zuko they should all have their bending removed like yeah. don't like all the Dai Li everyone who was like in the royal family should mm-hmm. all have their bending removed and I I, That's a good way to to solve the issue because a part of yeah. me is also like, okay, now the war is ended, but you have like – we talk about it like May. Oh, my my uncle pulled some strings. Why is your uncle still Uncle's in power? Still in charge. Like yeah, he should not – like everyone should be arrested. Like how do like, you – and I think they were supposed to have a season four. The show was supposed to have season that. four because they didn't – there's so much to wrap up. I know. Even Zuko, like he goes up to his dad who's like – and is like in prison mm-hmm. and is like, where is my mom? Yeah, the question is never answered. And actually, they wrote a scene in the credits, like a secret a secret scene during the credits of the finale where Zuko meets his mom, but the creators decided to cut it. They're like, no, we don't want to do that. So I thought that was oh, interesting. interesting. And you have to read the comic books to figure out what happened to Zuko's mom. But it would have been lovely if we had that fourth yeah. season. And it, and it feels kind of... The thing is, it's like it can clearly I mean, the battle is so epic. It could obviously clearly be a series finale, but Mm -hmm. it leaves a little bit of openness that the story can continue on. Right. It doesn't it doesn't feel like we are done. So, (laughs) you know, like I I don't know. I feel like I want I want more. um, Mm -hmm. I want more coming from it. And I love I love Aang's like Aang coming in, you know, and at that moment where he's like all he's has the strength of all the past avatars and yes. he's about to kill and then he remembers the words um from the lion turtle mm-hmm. and like that in the previous episode where it's like you know darkness thrives in the world but always yields to purifying light we also get more of their conversation that we missed out in the flashback where mm-hmm. the lion turtle is like before we could control the elements with purity you could control energy and mm-hmm. that's like the original form and so ang remembers that and he he like the gift that the yeah. the gift of knowledge that you know the turtle opens up with him he's able to um do that as well and like he's and i wonder he's also- at a place where he's like absent from desire he's focused on this like he's kind of he's like done all the meditation he's done the work he's his mind is steady he's no longer confused like he's been so confused and so lost for most of the season but then he's come to a place where he's steady and that's part of the reason why he can take away 
um, Ozai's uh, bending ability because in that scene where we actually see him actually take the bending away, they it, they state like your your morality your um, your morality needs to be your morals need to be like intact. They need to be unmovable. Like the reasons why you are the way you are can't be like easily swayed because mm-hmm. if you aren't that way, then then you will die as well. Trying to bend take the bending away from this other person, but because he was so. Um, strong with his morals he was so much like i'm not going to kill another life at all that's the only reason why he was able to take the bending away right mm-hmm. so i love that they included that one little line while he was taking the bending away to showcase like this is why he was so adamant about like the re- like he's able to do this because he is so adamant about the the preciousness of life which yeah. i really love it's just um, such a fantastic ending like mm-hmm. the way that we see Aang's journey from that fearful boy in the iceberg to somebody who's like done so much work. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like the episode, the first episode is called like the boy in the iceberg. And then the last episode is called like Avatar Aang, right? That's I think the name of it. So it's a huge evolution. And he's done so much meditation and work, Mm -hmm. understanding himself, his place in the world. Like he really did a lot of work. I have a question. Does he use firebending at all during the battle? That's the one he actually used the most. He used firebending the most, and you kind of realize he is he. I, I guess when he gets into the Avatar state, he get, well, no, the entire time. Really, mm. I feel like he was using a lot of airbending, and then like, well, once he got into the Avatar state, he used a lot of firebending. Okay, I believe okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because I feel like when he wasn't in it, and Ozai's like, "Oh, your people are weak." Only firebends though, because like. If you think about it, why is he so powerful? Why is he able to like keep up with the Fire Lord? He he also gets the energy and she, yeah. as a firebender because he is a firebender too. So he yeah, has to he utilize is. that to actually defeat um to defeat Ozai. And then you actually think about it, once he got into it was a pretty even battle, right? It In was the, the first part where, you know, they're both fighting each other. He's using all the different elements. He's much calmer and Sozin's going crazy. I love that they're jumping over all these rocks. Like, I just thought it was really beautiful and very well choreographed, but it's a very even battle. Then all of a sudden when Aang is hiding in the rock and then, you know, Ozai pushes him and that happens where he gets back into the Avatar state, it is... It, it is, changes. It's like a, a MLB. It's like the Yankees versus a minor league team, right? Like, yeah. Aang is in control. He is... The Fire Lord is running away from Aang, and Aang is trying to catch him. I love oh that God, they use water to grab him and slam him into the ground. When um, Aang was in that rock ball thing, I was like, how is he not cooking in there? Like, he's in this, like, thing, and then Ozai's I mean, because he's just... part I, firebender, too, so he can probably cool his body down yeah, just like firebenders true. do. that's true. I was like, oh, my God, how is he not cooking in this thing? Like, he, this is a meatball situation over here. Yeah, um, but I just loved how it was just so easy after that, in a sense, and it showcases, like, that's why why they took his bending away or not his bending that's why they took the avatar state away from him in season two right like because after the season two finale he couldn't like get in the yeah. avatar state at all and it showcases like could he is he gonna win the war what like everything happened because like i can't get into avatar state yeah before it was like oh yeah you can definitely get into it like we're fine right yeah and then i think that but that's part of his internal journey of like getting mm-hmm. reconnected back into that and then like yeah, I once, love the flashback once he gets into the Avatar state and we see like all the past lives, right? Like, yeah, that was so cool to see. Oh my god, it gives you chills. I know. Um, and then it even really when does. like at the very end, I loved when he, 
I think, I don't know if it was in the beginning or the end. There was a moment where Aang could have killed the Fire Lord with the yeah. lightning bending. I love that they showcased, you know. And he he Zuko. also redirects it, He right? re- like, redirects it. He yeah. they, they look each other in the eyes. The Fire Lord looks scared and he decides to push it out instead of pushing it towards towards the Avatar, which is really cool. And no, like, towards the Fire Lord. I'm sorry. Towards the Fire Lord. And so. what's like kind of, you know, it's just like the Fire Lord. So you see the fear in his eyes maybe twice during the fight. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if the tables were turned, he would have easily killed Avatar Aang with not even a question. Yeah. I mean, he talks about like your people were weak. You, yeah. you have all the power in the world and you're weak. You're weak. That's you just know? like, it's... It's disgusting. It's so horrible. And like, he's just such a terrible, terrible um Honestly, get rid of them all. Get rid of him. Get rid of Azula. Only keep Iroh and Zuko. That's it. Everyone's, everyone else in Fire Nation has got like, to get, go. Get them out of there because like anyone who supported this man and supported this venture of destroying an entire mm-hmm. people. Like, I feel like one thing about this episode is that it, it didn't highlight how, I mean, you kind of, you kind of saw Iroh and like all the older dudes like fighting this and protecting the people. And then we mm-hmm. saw Sokka and, you know, the gang like trying to stop the ships. But there is an imminent threat to the entire people of the Earth Nation to destroy, to be destroyed. Right. Like, yeah. And you, everyone so was just crazy. going along with it. Like, I know. How do you reteach the- these people? Like, I would love to see. Like, you know, we know that there's going to be more Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, the universe is going to live on. I wish they would do that season four in Paramount Plus, you know? Yeah, same. Because there's a lot of, especially when you're older, too, like for uh, a kid's show, obviously you're like, wow, good defeats evil. But now that we're older, we're like, we want more. How does this really end? This We know this isn't the end. This isn't how wars end. Um, How does it really end? I had to remind myself, like, yes, we have the major battle here between Ozai and, but there's like thousands and thousands of lives at stake, mm-hmm. right? Like for this, and how we can easily just go and wipe them out, and like, like then my question, I'm like, who are you ruling? Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you committed genocide against all these people. Is it just going to be you and an empty planet soon? Yeah, like, like just you and the Fire Nation, like, yeah. And then are you going to kill them too? Like, yeah. Like, is it, it's just like, sometimes it's like he's on a death march. Like, these people are just like aimlessly killing others. Yeah, and they don't even know why they're killing in the first yeah. place. And we know that they've been like, there's all the propaganda that they they are taught in school, so they don't know any better. But it's like, how do you reteach that? And I know that yeah. in the comics, they kind of got into what happens once the Zuko is a fire lord and this new world order, like what, what is the tension? And I know there's some of that in the comic books. I, I only have two of them. I want like two of the books. I want to get the other ones and mm-hmm. read those as well. Because like, again, I'm like obsessed with the, these, I know. these characters like, and I just I'm, love the show so much. I need much. more. I need, I need more. <laughs> I need more. Yeah. I mean, like I love how it ended. I, I think like it just, wrapped up so beautifully the it's just that ending scene where he removes his powers and the whole gang is together but oh i do want to say like the only person who like i i keep being like why wasn't everyone more nervous but maybe they just felt so secure after iroh's speech around their destiny but i'm like why were they didn't they had they, Zuko's the only one who's like kind of mentioned. No, it. but then he's talking to Katara, and Katara's like, he has to, uh, right? Like, uh, yeah, like you know that was I mean? the only because mo- I was like, how do they? But, they don't even know where Ang is. Like this yeah. bro may not even show up. He's but the soldier, you know, alive. especially Sokka, Sokka, Toph, and Suki. At least Sokka, like they're soldiers. They go into battle and they have yeah. to be confident, or you're gonna fail. So they have to go in being like, I'm determined. This is gonna happen. 
we have our mission. We have to stick to our mission. I think Sokka at one point goes, that's the Avatar's fight to fight. He will come. Our, we have our specific miss it, mission because if you don't mm-hmm. think that way, you're just going to fail. Yeah, so that's I think so that's true. the reason why. Everyone, like again, like tying it back to the Bhagavad Gita, like everyone has their duty. Like mm-hmm. you follow your specific task and do it with integrity. And like that's part of, you know, you just you just move forward, right? Like that's part of the lessons of that that ties back into um, the Avatar, yeah. Last Airbender's world. But overall, I love the show. Like The show was just amazing. It, it feels like a part of me. I know that's so cheesy to say, but it feels like a part of me and a part of my personality. And maybe it's because, you know, we're doing this podcast. But yeah, I feel like I've learned so much from the show. And the show is just so important to, like, my childhood. And mm-hmm. even when I rewatched it now, like, now I think about my time during COVID, like I remember rewatching it because but the honestly, world was sad and that made it me was happy. Such a it's great. Solace during COVID. Like I mm-hmm. am so happy we had the show and like that's why you have like myths and epics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Like it, you see things in a larger context. Sometimes that's hard to do when you're it's in your own life. Yeah. And like it's important to do that to like help like navigate yourself and things like that. And it's just you see these characters going through like trying to discover what they should do and I don't know I think it's I think it's it's such an important story and it's so relevant to even like our world that yeah like years and you know like like a a, we're we were at war like and then just removed from it as a people you know so it's just like it's kind of you're like, how can people be at wars for 100 years? I'm like, yeah, I mean, America definitely has been, yeah. right? Like you, fighting, you know? I mean, that scene at the end where like, you know, the war has ended and you see the kids playing rock ball next yeah. to like all these Fire Nation like trucks or whatever that have been turned over. It kind of reminds you of a scene in like the Middle East when like, you know, the America does something bad, you know, we go into war and then we leave and it's it just the, the demise is the things are still there, unfortunately. And, and it was it little, hit a little close to home because like that's real life in a sense too. I mean, people like, are living even, these war zones. So. Even during COVID, right when like Queens was like completely had like just tents everywhere mm-hmm. where people were coming in dying and ambulance sounds all the time. Like, yeah, like it was, you know, it was like you're seeing things collapse, but everyone's going about their lives as much as they can. Yeah. Right? like that's what it is, and so it's it's cool to actually. I mean, cool is a bad word for this, but it's. I think it's important to see these shows that place like violence within like balance violence and everyday living yeah right next to each other and like the some of the standout episodes right like even when they go to school in the fire nation like we both really like that episode because it shows the headband that, right yeah. it showcases what the normal kids in like an anime territory live like yeah and- they kind of they're kind of normal people, but then you have other episodes like um, where Katara pretends she's that wa- the river spirit, mm-hmm. where you're seeing the impacts of the war on their own people, like the pollution and the the um, class divisions, right, of people because of this war. Yeah, the show covers it has like such a peaceful, nonviolent message. Mm-hmm. I am. I was like, I wish he killed him, but I get it. But you know what? This is a kid show at the end of the day. Of course, they're going to have him not be killed. They show a peaceful, nonviolent message. They talk about, like, the atrocity of war. They Mm -hmm. literally talk about, like, labor issues and, genocide. genocide. They talk about immigrants, immigrants, refugees, propaganda, like, 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 completely nationalistic propaganda. Like, the amount of, and it's funny. 
Yeah. And it's cute. And like, somehow it's lighthearted when they're discussing yes. all of this at the same time. Like I can rewatch this show, but I can't rewatch Cora because it's just so intense. Like I don't it's know so how intense. they made it so lighthearted, but I love the fact that they did it yeah, because like I need a lighthearted like version of like all the atrocity atrocities around us now. <laughs> too and it's like covid and all this stuff i know and i just i think it's like it strikes a tone that is so rare to be Mm -hmm. able to cover this kind of stuff um and you know do it well okay i can't remember the name right now what is that what's that irish show with the like the friends right that's oh dairy girls Dairy Girls. where they're living through the troubles but they're just normal teenagers you know what i mean it's like that i i really thought of like that's a weird parallel between Mm -hmm. these two shows yeah it's true. It's like daily life. I mean, it doesn't have like the good versus evil epicness of Avatar, but yeah. it does have. It's still happening those, right now. It's, <laughs> but like, it's not, but you know, there's still know, like there's still that border. So yeah, I mean, they, it takes place in the '90s, right? So it's like at the height of it, like the height of the trouble yeah. and stuff like so that. It's just it's so nice. It's like that's why that show is really special. Like it, it has like this horrific thing but in a lighthearted way but it's like still pioneering like goodness yeah right like i really like that but i don't know i think a like avatar just hits that right tone adults can watch it kids can watch it it's like we rarely get shows like this like we were brainstorming like is there another one that we can do and there's not another one especially because it's a lighthearted show that has a real plot too like there are other light lighthearted like like comedies or lighthearted shows like i love bob's burgers but like you can't do a rewatch no, of bob's doing, burgers yeah that's doing what this is it's 12 know? seasons of them still being the same age like they've yeah. had like 20 halloween episodes you can't do that so <laughs> i don't know age. great um, show i think amazing it was so show. special watching it during this and it was like it kept us sane i feel like it really did and i'm just so happy that we were able to rewatch it and have have the fans like give their their own thoughts yeah. and ideas and we're happy that you came along for this um this rewatch and hopefully you yeah. know once you're done with the show you can also re-listen to, or listen to our episodes or re-listen to our episodes to relive the watching of the show in general yeah. and talk and I hope it feels like you're talking to friends about a show that you love because that's how Agreed. it felt for us so I know well thank you all for listening I'm like I'm so sad but I'm sad too I know I'll be rewatching again and maybe another next year I'll probably do another rewatch yeah I'll probably do I'll probably watch an episode from episode one later tonight because I'm like it can't end <laughs> this can't be it <laughs> but, but thanks for joining us thanks for joining us we hope you had a good ride bye guys bye bye